0: bring your Bibles. All right, let's make our declaration this morning. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love, and I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, today I thank you for your living Word that is alive and powerful and operating in our lives. I thank you that your Word is our life, we live by Your Word. We're changed by Your Word. We're transformed by Your Word, and Your life manifests in us through Your Word. We give You praise and glory, Holy Spirit, for what You will reveal to us today of the Lord Jesus Christ. In His name, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. "Amen." Praise the Lord. You know, there, there's so many, and, and I don't think, and I know, as your pastor, I have uh, I've tried at different times to be. Uh, Less in depth in what I teach, but uh, this is just who I am. And so we, we just, we're just a word church, amen, Ben, we want to be in the word. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Hosea chapter 4 real quick, and uh, I'm going to try and go a little bit slower this morning because I get excited and talk fast. But the great thing about technology is you can get the CD and play it back real slow. I don't think you can do that, but you can. You used to be able to do that. You would be able to slow things down and uh, and do that. But uh, I want to talk to you this morning just a little bit as we go through this, because I'm going to go back, and I've done an addendum. I started moving forward. We dealt with the, the names of the Holy Spirit and the person of the Holy Spirit, introducing to the Holy Spirit. But this morning, uh, I'm going to do a little interjection. I've re-entered it into the notes. I spent all this week. It's just something that kept stirring me all week long. I brought it up uh, Monday night with our men. I brought it up yesterday. Uh, We talked about it in our life group on Thursday night. I brought it up yesterday with our our men on Sunday morning. But I'm talking a little bit this morning about the difference between the humanity and the deity of Christ. But Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 says this. My people are destroyed for a what? A lack of knowledge. Now... The hard part about Christianity is, is that you have to study just a little bit. You you have to be a student. You have to be a disciple. Even the word disciple, to be a disciple, it means someone who is trained and follows the teachings of their master. So you're studying, you're trained, you're equipped and and given knowledge. But watch here. (coughs) My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge when I don't want to hear and so, in saying that, I'm praying that this will get down on the inside of you, what I want to share with you this morning, but you're going to have to study some things out. And people go, well, I just don't understand the Bible. And let me just say this with all sincerity and all, just study a little bit more. Amen. Amen. How many understood algebra? <laughs> How many studied to pass the test anyway? I mean, there's so many things when you first see it, you don't understand it, but then I'll study it. How, how, how many knew how to use your phone completely when you first got it? Some people. Well, your your grandchildren did. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but anyway, I mean, there's so many things that, that we're, we don't know, but we, we we keep pressing and we keep learning and we grow in that. Amen? Now I want you to turn, if you would, to First uh, Peter or excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. The rest of that verse does not go, but verse 6 says, because you have rejected knowledge, I'll, re- I'll reject you from being priest for me forever. And uh, I don't know about you, I don't want to be rejected by God in any area. Second Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. Grace and peace be multiplied to you In the knowledge of God. Hear it again. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. And of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. How? Through the knowledge of Him. So we knowledge is so important. You've got to hear these verses here. Knowledge is so important for us to have. So when I drill down on these things, when I drive down, it's so important for us as believers to have the knowledge that we need. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given exceeding great and precious promises, that through these... You may, may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Praise the Lord. So, knowledge is a great benefit in our lives. Amen. Amen. Go to chapter three, First Peter chapter three, and verse or Second Peter chapter three and verse eight with me. Or three three eighteen. Excuse me, not eight eighteen. And uh, Peter ends this epistle, and verse seventeen. Therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But verse eighteen. But grow in the grace and what knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now go. One more scripture before we dive into this this morning. Second Corinthians chapter four. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, let me just say it like this. The devil wants you as stupid as possible. He wants you as ignorant as possible of the things of God. He doesn't want you to understand them. He wants you to be perplexed by them. He wants you to be confused by the things of God. So you just won't press into them. Because any time a believer presses into the things of God, you take away his authority. You take away his ability to operate. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1, therefore, since we have this ministry... As we have, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, somebody say the true, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Those whose minds the God of this age, watch this, has blinded, who do not receive the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our heart to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So the preaching of the gospel is to bring us into clarity and understanding and knowledge of who Christ is in our life and walking in His fullness. Last week in the lesson, as we ended last week talking about the Spirit of God and that He imparts imparts the life of Christ and all that Christ has given to us, to us as part of His work, we shared with you that everything Jesus did, He did by uh, and through all. being all man as we are, Jesus was the Son of Man, empowered by and anointed by the Holy Spirit to do the will of the Father in His life here on earth. Therefore, He's highly exalted. Jesus did all He did by the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit, not by His deity. And so this is a real, and, and even in the body of Christ today in different theological circles, this is the real issue with people. How many have ever heard that Jesus did what He did because He was God in the flesh? Everything Jesus did, he did miracles. He was able to do that because he was the son of God. And he did that by his deity. So this morning we're going to just maybe upset that apple cart just a little bit by actually preaching the word. Okay, and, go, and going with what the Word of God says about who Christ really is and how He came. And so, because if I don't get this, then I don't fully understand how the Holy Spirit will work in my life. I will live with limitations and restrictions about how God can work in my life. If Jesus did not come as all men, then He came with an advantage that we do not have. And so in that, he, he walked in an anointing that we cannot walk in. And so for him, let me give it to you like this. For him to say, he that believes on me and the works that I do, in John 14, shall he do also. Because I'm going to my Father. I'm going to my Father. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. So the same Spirit that was upon him... Is now upon us. We receive the same anointing, the same power. Are you with me? And so we'll give some clarity on this because we don't take away, in talking of the humanity of Christ, you take away nothing of the deity of the resurrected Lord. Of the glory of God. We don't strip him of any deed. We don't change, d- diminish him in any way. But you have to understand what God had to do in our redemption. When you understand that, it changes your whole viewpoint on what it means to be redeemed and to be born again and to be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. They're so excited. So let's walk through this this morning. Are you ready? Yes. Amen. So watch this. We, uh, in this area there. Hallelujah. Let me go back. There's a. I have my outlet. You, I, I compiled it all in yours. I have to jump around through mine a little bit. To those who will listen, the blessed Holy Spirit will glorify Christ by revealing all the beauty and splendor to them of all that is ours in Christ. As we grow and learn the mystery of Christ and his wonderful life, we're enabled to walk in the same pathway and partake of the same glorious victory as he did. By the same Spirit, we are going to live and we're called to the same life that Jesus had. Are you doing all right? We, we, we are in Him. If any man be in Christ, right, he is a new creation. Amen? So that's what we're after. So we must understand the humanity of Christ. We are faced with a conundrum. When it comes to the humanity and deity of Christ, unless we understand the difference in the fullness of what Christ has done for us and how we did it during his life on earth, we will never fully be able to comprehend how the Holy Spirit now works in us. So if I don't understand what God did in Christ and how that fully worked, then I don't fully understand how God is now going to work in my life. That's why we're teaching on the Holy Spirit. And I so was encouraging the men yesterday, hey, if we get there, we, we put so many limitations on ourselves because we don't see ourselves in the same light of who Christ was. Are you doing all right? So hear me this morning. Christianity is not a doctrine and it is not a belief. It's not a doctrine, it's not a belief, although they are exercised in it. It is an exchanged life. Christianity is an exchanged life. You come to Christ with an old nature. He takes your old nature and he exchanges it for his new nature. When you become a Christian, you receive a new nature of God, and now you live out of that new nature. The old man is gone, and you are raised in newness of life with him. Amen? Amen? And so we have that new life in us. Hallelujah. We are all born dead in trespass and sin. And death is passed down from Adam to all humanity. Jesus came to give us a new nature. Amen. In fact, it's called the divine exchange. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 2 is there in your outline on the cover. And you he made alive. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. We were dead. We were born with the sentence of death upon us. Meaning our spirits are not alive unto God. Man is eternal being, but he has no relationship, no life with God until we are born again. Amen? Amen. But watch this. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by what? Nature, children of wrath, just as others. So we're born with this nature. Isn't it amazing when you get little babies, and you hold them, and they're so beautiful and so cute, and then all of a sudden something starts to manifest in them. You go, how, where is that coming from? How does that little baby that's just so cute and makes us talk stupid? We, we do, we do all that stuff. But then that little baby, all of a sudden we find out it has a wheel and it has this little nature and it begins to manifest itself. And you put two of them together in the same room and one rattle in between them. Now you have a fight, amen. And they can't even walk yet, but they're taking, going cuffs with each other, amen. But anyway, so that, that little nature is in there, and that's passed down, it, it's just innate, it's, in it's in us. That nature. Paul said it like this in Romans 7, the things that I don't want to do, I do. The things that I want to do, I don't do. And so there's this war going on within us. But when we get saved, God takes the old nature out and he puts a new nature in. Somebody say, glory to God. God. So it's so exciting, so what God does in our life. But in order to make a new nature available, look inside your outline. Jesus had to do, hear this this morning. Jesus had to do as a man what the first man, Adam, failed to do. He had to live as man without sin or transgression. And then freely offer His life as a ransom and sacrifice for our sin. So God made a way, how to plant, that He could become all man and live as man just as you and I. And then live sinlessly without transgression and then be able to offer His life in order to redeem us and reconcile us back to Himself. I you doing alright? Yes. Amen. So watch this. So Adam was born of the Father without sin. If you go back in the garden, God formed man, created Adam in the garden. Adam's born, he's living with God in the garden. He has no sin. Are you doing all right? He has no sin. And he has complete dominion and authority in the earth. God said, I give you power, I give you authority, I give you a dominion to subdue, to overcome, to walk above and not be beneath. Are you with me? over all the power of everything upon the earth, had complete dominion over everything, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, complete dominion. Are you doing all right? And so in that, his fall came when he did the thing that God said don't do. And, and he went from walking in fellowship with God to when God said, Then the day you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if you eat from that, you will surely die. Or in other words, you'll be separated. Transgression will separate you from my presence. And so we know that Adam did that, and he sinned. And so at that point, he death was handed down to him. And so we come out of Adam and from that creation, and that nature is handed down to us. So in order to make a new nature... so. Here comes Jesus. So Adam's there with full dominion and authority. So Jesus was born of the Father also, but without sin and with full dominion and authority. So think about this. See, this is where we find our clarity here. Jesus became, we'll give you all the scriptures here, he became the second Adam. We're going to read it in Romans. We're going to read it in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul very distinctly points Jesus out as the second Adam. Created just as Adam was in the beginning to do what Adam failed to do. To make up for the failure. But in that, he has his dominion and authority. So people go, where did he get dominion? Where did he get authority? How do he have that power? Because he's walking as God's original intent for man. You doing all right? So with that. So Jesus was born of the Father without sin, with full dominion and authority. He lived without transgression until the day he allowed his life to be offered as the atoning sacrifice for his sin. He said, nobody takes my life. I'm giving my life for you. I'm choosing to live and to lay down my life so you, so you and I can be redeemed to the Father. Because unless a man comes and restores what a man did, man cannot be reconciled. So here's our question. How could he do this without using his deity? 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul says this in your, in your outline there. And without controversy, great is what? The mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of God. Now this is where we're talking about knowledge. And, and if I don't study, then I don't know. And then I'm always talking myself out of the fullness of the benefit that we have in Christ. So, so we miss out. And so we settle for... Uh, Glenn Berteau wrote a book on it called Christianity Light. We, we settle for the light version instead of the full version. Amen? We, we settle for no power instead of full power. We, we, we settle for defeat instead of victory. Doing all right? We settle for bondage instead of freedom. We settle for worry instead of peace. Are you doing all right? So watch this. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness or holiness. The word godliness there means holiness, purity. God, watch this. God was manifest where? In the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. So God manifest in the flesh of his son, Jesus Christ. The word flesh there, I gave you the definition of it, it means this. It means probably of the base of of the Greek word 4563, it is the word sara there. It means to be stripped of skin, the meat of an animal, the body. It means uh, as opposed to the soul or the spirit, as a symbol of what is external, as the means of kindred. By implication, watch this, by implication, human nature with its frailties, physically or morally and passions so for God to be manifesting the flesh he came into the frail state of you and I of humanity completely or specifically watch this a human being God became a human being are you doing all right not God in flesh but the fullness of his nature we'll see it here in a minute the fullness of his nature are you doing okay with me this morning This is so powerful. I'm praying. I mean, this thing's been in me all week, and it just kept, man, yesterday and today when I'm trying to finalize this, things are just exploding. I go, God, I don't have three days for this. And and I'm not trying to bombard you. I'm trying to give you enough information to uh, make you curious. My desire is that you would have the curiosity to want to know yourself. That God, that growing grace and in the knowledge, God, I want to grow, I want to know, I want to know. I don't just want to assume, I want to know. There's no power in assuming. There's only power in knowing. That's a good word. Amen. So watch this. Jesus was born after being conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary by the incorruptible seed of... Of the nature of God. What happened? We read it in Luke chapter 1. The angel Gabriel appears unto Mary. The Holy Spirit's going to shout on you. You're going to receive, become pregnant by the seed of the word of God. The seed of the incorruptible word. A word spoken into her womb conceived the life of God in her womb. Are you doing all right? So God spoke his word. That's the gospel. Mary received. She's pregnant. She's a virgin. No intercourse. With a man, but the seed of God's word planted in her womb. Just that thought right there, if that ever goes off on the inside of us. That for a woman to agree, Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. And it produced the physical life of God in her womb. By the incorruptible seed of his father, he came as the second Adam again as man without sin in the fullness of the nature of his father. Now, hear this statement Deity can neither be begotten, nor born, nor die. God is. God is. That's all it says. God is. God isn't born and God doesn't die. Deity is not born. It is not conceived and it doesn't die. Doing all right? It is. Hebrews 2.14. There in your outline. I, you have the amplified in yours. I have both in mine. For as much as children are partakers of what? Flesh and blood, he also, speaking of Jesus, likewise partook of the same. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. The Amplified says it like this. Since therefore his children share in flesh and blood. Since his children share in flesh and blood. Watch it In the physical nature of human beings. He himself, in a similar manner, partook of what? The same nature that by going through death, he might bring to naught and make of no effect him who had the power of death that is the devil. So Jesus came to destroy the power of the devil by becoming humanity just like a God. That's the mystery of godliness. that People struggle. Do you know why Jehovah's Witnesses do not believe in the Trinity? Because they can't figure this out. How God can be in heaven and have his nature in Christ on the earth. They can't figure out God in two places. So they don't believe in the Trinity. In in their minds, it doesn't make sense. And so they'll tell you, why don't you believe? If you ask them, next time they come, say, why don't you guys believe? Because they'll be at your door before long. (laughs) It's cool. They do what we want to. They evangelize. We don't believe in that stuff either. We don't organize. We don't vote. We don't evangelize. But but, but in this area, but, but if you ask them, why don't you believe in the Trinity? Because God can't be in two places at one time. It's impossible. Great is the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of God was manifest in the flesh. Amen. So watch this. There's no scripture. To prove that the flesh of Jesus, the life of Jesus, was not the same of ours. I'll throw that challenge out to you. Find the scripture that says the life of Christ wasn't the same of ours. It doesn't say that. What it does say is that he was sinless. Why was he sinless? Because he was born without the same nature that we have. He wasn't connected to Adam. And even if you fall, this is so powerful, even when you get this, is that there's a reason that Jesus came the way he did, and he came, even his lineage, he's connected to Mary, but Mary isn't connected to the lineage of Christ. Jesus gets into the lineage of David through adoption. Because Joseph is asked to be the father of a child that he did not conceive. And so when Joseph names Jesus, he sets him on his lap and calls him his own son. And gives him his name. When you get saved, you receive the spirit of adoption. God, through Christ, through Joseph, everything in the scripture, when you understand it, you and I now, because Joseph received Jesus, God can now adopt us into his family. So watch this. I don't know. I, does this excite anybody but me? I get in and stuff, I go, oh my God. How can people not be interested in that? You kidding me? I, it, just keeps, it just keeps unfolding. And then I go, man, the, then the value, listen. What that says about our value to God, that God would do this for us. How much does God love you? People say, I just don't feel like God loves me. Are you kidding me? The scripture clearly stated that the Lord took on flesh and blood like his children. Hebrews 2.14 declared that the Father, the eternal spirit, manifested himself in flesh in order to save his children. The only, again, the only declaration of scripture is that he was sinless. So in order for Jesus, get this, to be tempted in all ways as we are, he had to be a full partaker of humanity as all flesh. When it says he became a human being, we gave that, that that he partook of flesh. For the full nature of man, he had to be a full partaker. The difference was without sin. Listen to Hebrews chapter 4. It's there in your outline. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest, That is passed into the heaven. Jesus the son of God. Let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with our infirmity. The word infirmity there does not mean sickness. It means weakness. But was in all points. Somebody say all All points. Was in all points. Or never put it like this. In every aspect of the meaning. He was tempted in all ways. Just as we are. If Jesus in flesh did anything by deity, then he can't be tempted the same way we are. Because right. right. he had a power and an ability and something that we are not partakers of. He became a full partaker with us so that we might become a full partaker with him but if he did not become all of humanity in order to redeem us then we cannot become fully in him I are you doing all right yeah. this is crazy i know it this messes with religion religious people yeah. <laughs> messing me up but what you want to know why you want to know why because it takes away our excuse. It takes away. Because if Jesus did it by deity. Then I could never walk in the same likeness as him. Because he has an advantage over us. Are you doing all right? Wow. And But, but religion teaches you. Oh that's so prideful. And, and that's putting yourself equal with God. No, No it's not. It's not prideful. That's who we are. <clears throat> you, you, you are in Christ. You're in the fullness of Christ. You're, you're a joint heir. You're seated with Him in heavenly place. You've been glorified with Him. You have the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead. alive on the inside of you. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Lord of God, watch it. But He was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Watch. So then, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If Jesus wasn't all humanity in order to redeem us, then why did he have to pray in the garden? Why did he agonize over his death in the garden? Because as a human being, as a living soul, What did he pray? He said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Father, if there is any other way, let this cup pass. He wrestled with being submitted to the will of God, dying to himself to fulfill the will of the Father in our life. The same way you and I wrestle. Deity doesn't wrestle with that stuff. God doesn't wrestle with that stuff. God just does what he needs to do. Are you, are you listening to me? By his power. But Jesus wrestled with that in the same way that we wrestle with him. But we go and find grace to help in the same way. What did Jesus do? He spent all nights in prayer. If he's deity, why did you have to spend time praying to the Father and getting power by the Father, listen to what the Father does, do all that? Are you, are you listening to me? Amen. But he, he did everything exactly as we're supposed to. He gave us the perfect example on how we are to live. Hallelujah. And if he is the example, then his life is a reality for us to live in. The Amplified says it like this. We do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have shared feelings with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation. But the one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. Glory to God. So again, to be tempted in all ways as we are, he had to be in all ways as we are. In the fullness of our humanity, which is how Paul declared it. Philippians 2, it's there in your outline, I believe. Verses 5 through 8. Let this mind. Somebody say mind. So look, at let let this mind, let, let this thought concept, let this precept be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God. So there's that co-equal existence of the Trinity. Are you with me? So before he comes into the earth, he's equal with God, but that's not robbery. The Trinity, watch this, watch this. The Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the three persons of the Holy Spirit, do not diminish each other. One doesn't take away from the other. It's a complete complement. Are you getting in? Yeah. And for you and I to be one in Him, you do not diminish Christ Amen. by being made one in His fullness with Him. Right. Yeah. God. Yeah. All right. All right. So watch this. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of and being found in appearance as a man, humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Wow. So he becomes all man for us to redeem us. Now watch this. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, for your sakes he became what? Poor. poor that you through his poverty might become rich. Wow. So So what Jesus gave up his allowance? He became poor. So what was his poverty? What did he give up? He gave up his glory with the Father. To take on the form of a man. And was longing to be restored to his glory with the Father. Are you getting this this morning? I know, as always, this is a lot. But I pray it sets something off on the inside of you. He who was rich... Became poor. The Greek word for poor there means to be a beggar. He became a beggar. Completely. Naturally. Are you doing all right? He who was rich, he who had the glory, had command of heaven, everything, became poor that us through his poverty might be made rich. So that's just powerful. But watch what he prays. So what did he give up? He gave up his glory. Go John 17, verses 1 through 5. I want you to hear it. I think I have you. I think I didn't have room to put in your outline. Jesus spoke these words and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Listen to this. Glorify your son. That your son may also glorify you. Now listen. You have given him authority over all flesh. So Jesus didn't do it by his deity. He did it by the authority that the Father gave him. In fact, Jesus even said it like this. He says, the works that I do, the Father in me does the works. How do you and I do the work? By the Holy Spirit in us. Are you getting this this morning? Because if we get it, We no longer, it launches us into this life with the Holy Spirit that I'm trying to teach you and bring you into. Understanding how God now works in us. He's given you that you're made in the same form, in the same fashion that Jesus was made out of. And now God's taken the old nature that has separated you from him has now put his new nature on the inside of you. The fullness of his nature. And now you can walk in the fullness of that life with him. Amen? Amen? And expect things to happen. Praise the Lord. So watch it. So... You have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work you gave me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. But Jesus said, he's praying. He says, I want what I gave up. I want back what I gave up. Before the world was, I had glory. And now I've come here to complete the work that you gave me to do. Now that I'm about to complete it, this is his final prayer before he goes to the cross. And he says, I'm praying this, Father. I'm looking forward to the reconciliation and the restoration of what I gave up, the poverty that I accepted, that others might be made rich. Glory to God. Oh, my goodness. Watch this. So let me give it to you now, this last bit. As Jesus as the one man. Not this is God, but as the one man. The word man is just a simple word, anar. It means very deeply a man. <laughs> All right? 1 Timothy 2, verses 5 and 6 says this. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. Who is it? The The man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. The man, Christ Jesus, watch this, who gave himself. Now, let me share it with you. There's a difference between the man, Christ Jesus, and the risen glorified Lord. Because of obedience, he's been risen, he's glorified, he's given a name that is above every name. Are you doing all right? The glorified Christ and the man Christ. Do you know that, that, that in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus called himself the Son of Man, I think over 60 sometimes? He, he's the Son of Man, the Son of Man. Not the Son of God. He declared he was the Son of God, but also he's the Son of Man. You know what you are? You're the children of God. You're born of God. You've been reborn. Amen? So watch that. So there's one God, one mediator, 1 Corinthians, and that's the man Christ Jesus, gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. 1 Corinthians 15, 21, and 22. For since by man, watch this, since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. When you read your Bible, you'll find when when it's man referring to Jesus, it's capitalized because it wants you to know the distinction between Adam and him. For in Adam all die. Even so, in Christ all shall be made alive. So in in the same way that we're in Adam and we're a full partaker of his fallen nature, in Christ we become a full partaker of him. Glory to God. Amen. So here the two natures are revealed. Every man is born with the nature of the first Adam. And every man can be born again with the nature of the second Adam. Glory to God. Adam. For since it was through a man that death came into the world. The Amplified says it like this. I love it. For since it was through a man that death came into the world. It is also through a man that the resurrection of the dead has come. <laughs> I don't know about you. I get so excited about this because it's the love of God for us. Listen, that God so loved us that he gave his son. And Christ was so willing to become all that would... That I don't even know if, if this... I hope it gets in you as it's in me, that God would fully become all that we are, that that he could come to that place to fully become all that we are so so that we could be completely and fully redeemed and reconciled back to him. God. For God, to, to God to become like his creation, so he could redeem his creation completely back to himself. God. Wow. So, Adam, the word Adam there in the Hebrew is Adam. And it means the first man, or typically of Jesus, man as his representative. Or Jesus as a representation of. Of man. All of humanity. So what about the first Adam and the last Adam? Nevertheless, Romans 5 14 says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was a type of him to become. We don't have, you don't have to create. You don't have to do anything. That's what I said about babies. Babies don't even know what they're doing. But you see that little nature manifesting in them. And then you find out they have a will. And you try to give them something, no, no. How, how come the first word babies learn is no? You want some peas? Nope. You want some carrots? Nope. You want some of this? Nope. Want some of that? Nope. You can eat it anyway. No, I'm not. So, So now what do you have? You have WWF, man. You have the battle of two wills coming together. You find out which one's going to win. And in our generation, we've been taught that the kid's supposed to win. We've been taught don't, don't, don't shape, mold, correct, or change their will. Amen. So we, we quit from doing what needs to be done in that area and correction, and we went to giving them timeouts. And when you give a kid a timeout in a chair, he's standing, sitting down, but he's standing up on the inside. Amen. Amen. So the first Adam, the last Adam. So watch this. Romans 5, verses 18 and 19. Paul says it like this. This is so powerful. Watch this. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's obedience, many disobedience many were made sinners so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous so Jesus had to come exactly like the transgressor he had to deal with the transgression in the fullness of the likeness of the one who transgressed. are you following what I'm saying and if he does that then that means you and I are fully and completely redeemed in him hallelujah glory to God so think about that. We are born in trespass and sin because of Adam's sin. As these verses declare to us, we are born dead to God. He comes to make us alive again in Him. We can only have the God life by the planting of the incorruptible seed into our heart. First Peter says it like this. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren... Love one another fervently, with a pure heart, having been... Born again. People say, "Well, why do I need to be born again?" Because you're born with the nature that alienates you from God. You're born with the nature that makes you dead to the life of God. And when you're born again, God takes that nature out of you, and you're born on the inside. Last week I gave you the scripture in 2 Corinthians 4. Though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. So when I'm born again, my inward man is made alive unto God. God puts this life on the uh, on the inside. Side of it. and now we live by that the problem is we still live in the restrictions and the confines of this flesh and we're waiting for the redemption of our bodies amen how many you are ready for one that won't wear out? So we get a glorified body. We're waiting for for, for that fullness of that redemption. But in the process on the inside, we have a new man on the inside that's created in the image and the likeness of him who redeemed us. And that's what we're supposed to be living out of. Not living by the restriction of the outward life and of the shell, but living by the power and the truth and the glory and the resurrection of the inner man that's on the inside of us. Lord of God. Amen. So watch this. So, so we're born again by an incorruptible seed, not by a corruptible, but an incorruptible, why? Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Look what Peter said, because all flesh is grass, and all the glory of man as a flower of grass. The grass withers, and its flowers fall away, but the word of the Lord endures how long? Forever. So you and I have enduring life. We're born again by the seed of the word. We receive it planted in our spirit. And now we have enduring life on the inside of us. Lord of God. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. That's the gospel, guys. That the man Christ Jesus redeemed you. And you're born again the same way he was born. Jesus was born of the Spirit in the womb of Mary by the implanting of the incorruptible pure seed of the Word of God by the Holy Spirit. We are born again by the implanting of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God in the womb of our spirit by the same Holy Spirit imparting the fullness of the life of Christ in us. (laughs) Jesus was made alive with the fullness of the life of God. You and I are made alive with that same life in us. Hallelujah. That's the way it said, Galatians 4.19. Paul says it like this. My little children, this, this will help this verse make sense now. My little children for whom I am again suffering birth pains until Christ is completely and permanently formed, molded within you. <laughs> so look, what happened: A woman gets pregnant. A woman gets pregnant, and then what happens? That life begins to form on the inside of her. As it goes in the process, and and then it gets fully developed, and and when it gets fully developed, that life is burst forth. And when you and I understand this, and we receive this truth, we are now pregnant in our spiritual womb. Every person in here, when you're born again, God gets you pregnant with his life. Amen. Amen. He puts his life on. And then that life begins to form on the inside of you. The challenge is don't abort it. Don't abort it and don't deform it. Are you doing all right? But, but let it be fully formed in you. Agree with it. Rejoice over it. Long for it. And, and then all of a sudden it gets fully formed. And then that life begins to be birthed out of us. God. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting as blessed as I am in teaching this this morning. Hallelujah. Let me finish this up. God, by his Holy Spirit, is forming the fullness of the life of his Son in us. And we are enabled by the same Spirit to walk in the fullness of his anointing and power. Bill, if you come to the keyboard. For he who was with God and was God became all flesh. And all man as a second Adam, born of the seed and nature of his heavenly Father. What does that mean? That means man's only hope of tomorrow was now born. Eternity had entered into time in the life of the Son. The life that was in Jesus was life that knew no sin. Sin had no control or dominion over his life. His life was the life of the Father humanized in the body of Jesus to meet temptations as you and I meet them, that he might destroy the power of sin and make us partakers of his victory. Go to Romans chapter 6, and let's close with this scripture. Romans 6, now hopefully this will even make these passages make a little more sense to you. Romans 6, beginning in verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? Therefore we are buried with Him through baptism into death. But just as, somebody say just as. just as, or in the same way, in the same fashion as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in what? Newness. newness of life. So, newness of whose life? Of His life, in the fullness of life, in redeemed life, in glorified life, in the power of the life of God on the inside of us. Glory yeah, yeah. of God. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for the one... For he who who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, and death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. Glory to God. Once for all. Hallelujah. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let. Sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its love. And do not present your members as an instrument of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Oh, God. What does that mean? That, that Jesus came, he no longer had the nature of sin, so he could say no. By the nature of the Father in him, he said no to sin. You and I now alive with the nature of God. When temptation comes, we have the power to say no. Before it came, we couldn't help ourselves. But now, we're alive with this life of God. But I have to reckon myself. I have to identify. And renew my mind. That's why the Bible said don't be conformed to this world But be transformed by the renewing of your mind say this with me. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus I'm born again. I have the nature of God. I've been made an overcomer sin no longer Reigns in my body. I have dominion and authority over all the power Of the enemy, because the life of God lives in me, dwells in me, empowers me, has raised me from the dead in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Give Him a praise. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Glory to God. So how do I overcome? When temptation comes, you just remind yourself, wait a minute. That's the old man. The new man has been raised and sin no longer has dominion in my life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. So Jesus came to live a life tested in every way. As we're tested. Because he was going to make a way for new life to be planted into man. He was the son of God. Clothed in human flesh. He had to be clothed in human flesh. In order to bring immortality. To light in us. And to do everything in life. By the same anointing and power. Of the Holy Spirit. That we would receive. So Jesus came. And showed us how the anointing. Would work in our life. Acts 10 38 says this. This Jesus. Whom God anointed. With the Holy Ghost. And power. Went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Not by deity, but by the anointing of the power that was placed upon him by the Father. You, you know what I, you and I receive? We receive the anointing of the same power through the promise of the Father of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And once I receive the fullness of my redemption in Him, I no longer begin to make excuses. I just say, wait a minute. The only excuse is is I'm not hungry enough. I'm not pressing in. I'm not desiring. I'm done with that. I'm pressing in the fullness of God. God loved me enough to come down and fully identify with Him. I'm going to live a life of love for God where I fully identify with who He declares I am in Christ. I'm no longer going to let an old man and an old nature and a dead voice and a dead life have control over my life I'm going to live in the newness of the life of God. God. Hallelujah. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me, in Luke 4:18 to do the work. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon you to do the same. Stand with me this morning. Because of His humanity... And his choosing to become all man for all men. We can have and walk in the confidence of the fullness of his life in us by the same spirit. Hallelujah. Just raise your hands to heaven for a moment and worship him, Father, we worship you today. We worship you today. Lord, right now, as we're just giving you glory. As we're just setting our eyes, our hearts, our focus and our attention upon you. We're praising you. We're thanking you. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would move upon every heart, every life. You would bring the revelation. You're sent to reveal all that is ours in Christ. Holy Spirit, bring truth. Bring clarity. Bring revelation into the hearts of your people today. In Jesus' name, bring truth. In Jesus' name, open the eyes of our understanding. Let us see. Let us know. Let us know. Paul prayed and said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Because in the power of his resurrection is my victory over everything that held me down and held me back the life of god is in the resurrection of the lord jesus christ and you've been made a recipient romans 8 is so good if the same spirit <laughs> the same spirit you're born you are born again in and of and by the same spirit That raised Christ from the dead. Father, we want to live in the fullness of the knowledge of that resurrected life in us. Thank you, Father. You've given us dominion and authority. You have set us free from the dominion. You've broken the yoke and the chain off of our life. We are free in Jesus' name. That's why heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I don't mean to point anybody out or do this in the wrong way but I just feel the Holy Spirit speaking to someone right now telling you that he wants you to set you free that you've been wrestling trying to do this all on your own you wonder why you cycle you wonder why things have kept going around and and, and you try for a while with the Lord you try this but, but then the cycle God wants to set you free right now in the fullness of the reality of the life that is yours in Christ The fullness of Romans 6. The fullness of him who took all your sin upon you. The fullness of the resurrected life. He wants to set you free. Where heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But if if that's you and you have wrestled with it. And now today the Holy Spirit has just shown you. He's revealed this to you. Now he's drawing you to the Father. The Holy Spirit comes. He draws us to the Father. And he's drawing you to himself right now. To bring liberty and to bring complete freedom. To set you free from the struggle of feeling like you have to do this yourself. Some of you just keep feeling like, man, if I just get the strength, I'm trying to get over that. You're doing this in yourself. It's not in you. It is all in him. Jesus took all that from you. And he's given you his life. And you're ready for the complete exchange right now. I want you just, while everybody's praying, I want you to move to this altar right now. Find a place where you would kneel and just begin giving your life to the Lord. Just surrender. In that area, it's not that you haven't been born again. But this is just that surrender of doing it yourself for by grace you have been saved it is the fullness of his grace just move right now let the holy spirit just release that into your life right now god is such a power for you right now in jesus name thank you lord thank you lord hallelujah hallelujah thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus i feel like there's somebody i'm just waiting for a moment i just feel the holy spirit wanting to set somebody free here this morning somebody else there's more there's more there's more there's more I said it last week. I'll say it again. God moves when you move. God comes. He speaks. Anytime God speaks. Anytime God speaks to reveal something, it's because he has something that he wants to heal. God only reveals to heal. He only reveals to heal. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. God doesn't condemn. He comes to deliver. He comes to set free. He comes to set us free. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for the liberty. Thank you for the liberty. Thank you for the liberty, Holy Spirit, that you're bringing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.